Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Matthew Collar, uh, you can find his stuff on 1500ESPN.com, is with us. I want to talk quarterbacks with him, but first... Since neither of these louts could tell me, how did Luke Coonan uh, ruin his knee uh, last night, Matthew? I don't know. I just saw the report today. I didn't really see the game. I was watching the Oscars to see if the movie with the fish guy won. <laughs> the uh, deformed carp, carp who had sex with the uh, young woman. So, uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh, I saw the previews, more, more man. Than I did, yeah. I saw the previews and uh, I could I could not do it. I was very uh, that, that that would not uh, impress me. Well, anyway, that's a bad loss for the boys because this they had created uh, the uh, opening for him to uh, become part of the lineup uh, on a good share of a basis. Yeah, and I think that that's why they didn't go out and try to add some sort of role player because they they felt really good there. Now I guess. Uh, We'll have to find out if they can get uh, Jordan Greenway here at the end of the year. I mean, uh, last year um, we saw the Boston Bruins get Charlie McAvoy away from the college game after his college season ended, and they and they signed yep. him, and they put him right in on the top pair in a playoff series, and maybe that's uh, the same thing we'll see. From what I saw in the Olympics, I really liked Greenway's game, and I think that he's someone that could play kind of a more of just a role if they have to plug him in. Um, but, yeah, it, it's quite a loss because I think Cunning was the type of guy who could be kind of that third or fourth line grinder role. Uh, even if he's got a higher ceiling than that, he can fill that spot now. And having to rely on someone like Tyler Ennis to play on a fourth line is not something you really want. Uh, Greenway's a monster. Holy cow, is he a big kid. Woof. Yeah, six foot six. He protects the puck really well. <laughs> he seems to be pretty aggressive. And, you know, it's not like the, it wasn't perfect hockey in the Olympics, that's for sure. It wasn't all the NHL superstars. But some of those European teams that they were playing against, I mean, those are grown men who some have played in the NHL and stuff. So uh, for him to have a good series there, I, I think it's said that he's probably pretty close to being an NHLer. Okay, I uh, wonder if this team really does uh, have a plan B uh, or if it's all uh, we got to get Kirk Cousins in here on a three-year contract. And, uh, boy, I, you know, everything you're reading behind the scenes is uh, that they think they got a chance to sign him, a good chance to sign him, and he'll come here on a three-year deal if they can come up with the money. Uh, I, it, I, I don't know. what What is plan B? I can't believe it's Sam Bradford, and I can't – I can't believe Case is going to sit around and wait for them to uh, make their decision. 
I've got to think that plan B is Teddy Bridgewater and then signing someone like Josh McCown, who's worked with uh, DeFilippo before and has proven to be a pretty darn good backup and was actually quite good with the New York Jets last year. He kind of pulled a, a Case Keenum season, but that's not the first time he's done that. He's had a couple of years where he's been pretty good. So maybe that sort of veteran proven backup that you could turn things over to if Teddy struggled or, or got hurt again, that's probably the backup plan. But I mean, even with, Cousins, it seems like for every one report that I see that Cousins is absolutely going to Minnesota, another (laughs) report immediately comes out that he's not, right? I mean, like last night I saw one where Denver thinks they're out, and then a guy from Denver comes back with, oh, no, 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 Denver's not out. And the thing is that right now this is all just conversations that are happening as uh, two guys go to the restroom at the same time and, and talk numbers with each other or something. I mean, this is not official offers. This is not visits to different places. And so I, I think that we've still got a long way to go before the Vikings are actually locked into Kirk Cousins. They're definitely the favorites, but, I mean, I could see either Denver or the New York Jets going absolutely crazy and trying to top any deal that comes through. Now, uh, I liked your number today uh, in the piece you got right now on 1500ESPN.com. Uh, three years, uh, 84. You're not, you're not going to get him any cheaper than 28. Uh, you know, I mean, his 31 was his uh, is the number if they'd uh, franchised him again. So I, don't, I can't imagine him taking less than 28. No, I, I think that the number's probably right there at, at 30. And if you look at the way uh, Matthew Stafford's contract is uh, structured, that his cap hit for a couple of years is going to be around 30. And I think that that's what the Vikings can expect. And the big question isn't whether they can afford to keep some of the guys they need to keep, because I know they can do that. A couple of weeks ago, I looked at the cap and found that you know they can afford to, to keep Anthony Barr. They can afford to keep Hunter. They can afford to keep... Stephon Diggs because they've done a fantastic job with the salary cap to this point. It's really, would they be able to add the little other pieces that help you get over the top? I mean, when you look at that Eagles team, uh, they signed their left guard and their right guard off of free agency, and they signed Elshon Jeffrey off free agency, and they signed Nick Foles to a contract that's far above what you usually give to a backup quarterback, and those are the types of things that you wonder if the Vikings would still be able to do, because some teams have now looked at the free agent market and done a really good job in it when they didn't spend a lot at the quarterback position. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth it to have this guy, or could we have someone else who we don't pay as much but have a much better team around him because you can sign Andrew Norwell, who's the top guard out there, or Sheldon Richardson, who's the top three-technique defensive tackle? It's a really tough economics question, and... I really wonder if Kirk Cousins is so good that that he's going to be that much better than the next guy that you could bring in. Uh, what uh, is the word on uh, McCarron? Uh, nobody knows if he's a player or not. I guess that's the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, not saying I mean, he's coming here, but uh, I, I got to think, as crazy as people are for quarterbacks, he's going to get some money and nobody knows if he can play or not. Right, yeah. I mean, he played four games I mean, in 2015, three regular season in which he was pretty good, but I don't even think he topped 200 yards per game, and then one playoff game where he really struggled, but of course that was against uh, a really good Pittsburgh Steelers team. 
you know, and, and he was a fourth round pick coming out of Alabama, and I really honestly do not have much of a sense of how good he is. And I even went back and watched one game, and it was a lot of your short passes and things like that that were just trying to have him not make a mistake because they had such a good team at that point in Cincinnati in 2015. But I think that really shows you with someone like Teddy Bridgewater or with even someone like Sam Bradford that I think teams are going to take the risk because you just have to have a quarterback. So even if there's a chance that it doesn't work out, that someone's going to pay. So even if, I mean, this is kind of like the scenario that could be really fascinating is if the Vikings lost out on Kirk Cousins and Bridgewater felt spurned by how things were handled and decided to go somewhere else or someone else gave him more money. And then what do you do at that point? Then is it, hey, Case, we're sorry? Or is it, you know, going back to Sam Bradford? Or is it trying to see if the the Dolphins will trade Ryan Tannehill? Or even the fact that there's five quarterbacks who are first-round caliber quarterbacks in this draft, I think there's even a scenario that is not completely insane that they could end up being Kansas City from last year and trading up and drafting a guy. I mean, this I, I still think, even though Cousins is the favorite, that there are a number of different ways this thing could go. I love uh, fans, by the way. I got an email suggesting that uh, it, it, this guy didn't think it was out of uh, the question that uh, now that he's getting his act together, that the Vikings might uh, uh, bring in Johnny Manziel to uh, compete for this, and uh, it's uh, sometimes you just wonder what what's going on in people's heads, you know, when they uh, when they when <laughs> well, they start when they start theorizing. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's a great puzzle to me sometimes that people would. I, I... I think that uh, Manziel is going the way of Jamarcus Russell, that he's going <laughs> to telling people that he's coming back, but he ain't coming back. And, uh, you know, did you notice on his Twitter page he's trying to sell comeback hoodies? Uh, you oh, can buy really? Your... Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's branded this whole thing. You you can actually buy your Johnny Manziel comeback season wow. hoodie. Uh, yeah, now, I mean, the, the, the thing that we're getting, that I'm getting a lot on Twitter, is now Kirk Cousins' rationaliz- uh, rationalization disease that all of a sudden uh, Kirk Cousins supposedly had a really bad situation in Washington now, I- I'm being told, even mm-hmm. though he had Deshaun Jackson and one of the smartest offensive coaches and a Hall of Fame left tackle. I mean, the thing is, like, with Kirk Cousins, you know how good he's going to be if things go right for him, and it's just pretty good. It's not going to be great. But the number of ways that I've seen it rationalized that Kirk Cousins is now Joe Montana – um, it's like uh, Vikings fans are preparing themselves to be really, really happy about this when there's still a lot of questions with bringing him in. Uh, well, and, uh, you know, he is just a, he is a tribute to the market. What is interesting is somebody told me that uh, the word was out that if Washington had decided to franchise him and then trade him, that uh, – he would let that team know that was in on that gimmick that he would never resign. He would, he would take their thirty-one million dollars and never resign with them. From a you know a, a fairly good source on that one. So what? I I I just wonder why it is. Did he just feel that insulted by the fact they never gave him a long-term contract? Uh, thirty-one million. I'd play for that. Uh, you know, if I was him, what the hell? Yeah, I think that the issue was the long-term contract that they did offer him was 
pretty team friendly that they could get out of it after a couple of years, and and he felt a little bit insulted. I think he's played the game pretty geniusly, right? I mean, he's picked yes. up like almost ninety million by just getting franchised uh, over the last couple yes. of years, or, or something something like that, right? So, uh, but you know, I think that that's the one thing that if you're a Vikings fan, is tough to rationalize that another organization, even if it's an organization run by Daniel Snyder. Another organization who has a great offensive coach and a great offensive setup, they said, you know, he's good enough to win us some games, but we're not going to sign him in long term, and we're going to trade for another guy that is known for not being able to get it done in the playoffs in Alex Smith. Like, that, that organization didn't believe in him so much that they would trade for another guy whose organization didn't believe in him. And, and that's the one thing that is tough to get over for me. I mean, I, I've watched him back a bunch of times now and in his last season, and there are some definite shortcomings there. Uh, I think that he puts you in the mix for sure, but uh, there's plenty of reason to hesitate, it, and that should make you pause that his team, who saw him right up close, didn't want to sign on long term. What uh, what bothers you about him? What 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 quality bothers you about him? The the biggest thing that bothers me about him is a little bit of his anticipation and and accuracy when they need him to make a throw. Like if you think about this, uh, he's number one over the last three years when using play action in terms of his play action success, yards per attempt, things like that. Well, when you are in the, the fourth quarter and you're down by a score or something like that. If you run play action, it doesn't do anything. The other team already knows you need to make a throw. And what you see a lot is teams will drop back in deep zones and they'll force him to make a really accurate, strong throw. And sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But I think the best quarterbacks uh, usually can make those throws. And you see that from Brady and Roethlisberger. And you saw it a lot even from Teddy Bridgewater in 2015. And that's one area where when they, the other team knows he has to make a big throw, and I think that that's when you hear people talk about him in Washington as not really being a winner. I think that's what they're kind of getting at. Not that he isn't clutch or there isn't some magical force that he doesn't have. I think it's just that there are some shortcomings there. He's made everything you possibly could out of his talent. He's an incredibly hard worker. He seems like a very smart guy and somebody the team follows. But there's just some of that skill set, a guy who was drafted in the fourth round, that is not quite up to the level of an elite quarterback, and you're going to pay him like he's an elite quarterback. If you were talking about this guy for $15 million, you'd sign on in a second, but you're talking $30 million and where you have to make other sacrifices. That's where, that's where I think Mike Zimmer, when he's talking about not going crazy, I think that's what his hesitation is. All right. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, you can read Matthew's stuff at 1500ESPN.com. We shall return. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Uh, our Sports Person of the Day is the brawler, Nick Sealer. Uh, last night, the Wild are trailing one to nothing, and uh, Luke Witkowski, the big bad brawler from the uh, Detroit Red Wings, apparently kind of tries to go knee to knee with Zach Parisi. That was our version of it, anyway. And Sealer uh, says, "All right, let's go." 
And as Sealer's quote was, I just thought, ah, this is a good time to step up. Uh, and he did. And it, it was an old-fashioned oh, hockey man. fight. Yeah. Big haymakers flying all over. Uh, Sealer ended up with a small cut on his nose and a swollen cheek. The other guy had a few bruises, too. Now, back in the day... When we had uh, a couple of guys like uh, Charlie Hallman and John Gilbert covering these fights with the North Stars, North Stars were undefeated. I, I think last night was pretty much a tie from what I could see on the video. Wouldn't you call it pretty much a tie? They it was. And it, but what's funny about it is you heard the crowd react to it before the cam- the uh, the uh, NBC Sports camera caught up to the caught actual fight. Because they were going. But they once they, the you know, around. it was a couple of seconds. But once they went there, these guys were hammering each other. <laughs> Yes, uh, Sealer, uh, you know, came out of Eden Prairie High School, spent two years in the uh, United States Hockey League, uh, you know, four, two years in the league playing defense, four goals, 24 assists. So he's a tough guy defenseman. He's a defenseman, right? Then he went to Omaha, played two years for the Blazer, Dean Blaze, and then in August of uh, what would have been his junior there, year there, uh, 2013, he uh, came in and told Dean Blaze he was going back to the U. Uh, very upsetting for Omaha. They had no idea he was thinking about leaving. Uh, but he came back home, had to sit out a transfer year, played one year for the Gophers, 2015-16, uh, no goals. Uh, and then he uh, signed. Uh, he had been drafted out of high school by the Wild in the fifth round, and he signed with them and went down, played 57 games at Iowa uh, last year, played 49 games this year, was uh, playing really well, they said. He had a couple of goals, 10 assists, and a nice hunk up leading the team in penalty minutes. That's always important. And now he's been back here for 11 games and has become a fixture in the lineup, from what I can tell, right? He's only 24 years old. And when he played at Eden Prairie, he played with Nick Letty, who's been in the league for quite a while. I, I can't. When and, you said that earlier, I thought there's no way because Letty's been in the league forever. Yeah, Letty made it. You know, Letty was a, a first round draft choice, right. and uh, and made it basically he, and, right and away. And was an offensive player, uh, and he was also a couple of years. I think Nick was like a sophomore when Letty was a senior. Sure, but Kyle Rao was there also uh, when they won two. St- Sealer was on both of the state tournament champion teams, 09 and uh, 2011, uh, won those. But uh, he's a big kid, uh, six foot two, a little over 200. Looks a little bigger than that, but uh, they list him at uh, 200. But uh, you just don't get many uh, good old-fashioned hockey fights anymore. And uh, people, you know, people found out why they enjoyed it. He got uh, called up. He was uh, His parents were down in Des Moines. Watching, uh, watching him play in a weekend series. They were out having breakfast. He got the call, "Hey, uh, you're, you're from uh, Flair, the uh, assistant GM." Said, uh, "We're calling you up," and I guess it was a shock to all of them. But wow. uh, then he, then he got called up. Wait, so, so those uh, cheap wilds didn't even have to pay? Mom and dad just drove them home from Des Moines. They didn't even have to. Oh uh, well, yeah, we're probably the cheap wild. Probably <laughs> just said, "Yeah, well, since your parents are down, hey, there, since your folks are there, we'll call you up. Yeah, so they can drive yeah, you home." The, the cheap wild, right? That's, that's true. Now, uh, that now I did. Uh, I was talking to Brian Deutsch today. The uh, the. He does the SID work for the Gopher hockey team, mm-hmm. and I I wanted to. I didn't think in in hockey that you had to sit out a year uh, if they gave you a release, but I was wrong. Uh, he 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 sat out a year with the Gophers as a transfer, oh. had to sit out a year. 
But uh, while I was doing that, I said, well, he's going to win the uh, Sports Person of the Day award. And he said, don't do that to the kid. He said the last guy you gave it to was Matt Robson, the goalie, and he's he's given up five a game ever since you honored him with the sports person of the day. So uh, he was uh, he was begging me not to give it to Nick Sealer, but I think Nick's tough enough to overcome the sports person of the day jinx. By the way, you know, and lost kind of in all of that excitement with the fight and everything is Eric Stahl scored another goal. You guys, he's yeah. going to get MVP votes. Yeah, he's gonna get forty. He's gonna be in the forties. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Because they just uh, they signed him to a two year deal, right? So the, he's a free I think agent. It's a three. I oh, think was it's it a three? three? Okay, yeah. I thought it was a two. I think uh, everybody who loves to rip Chuck, uh, including a morning host who shall go nameless, <laughs> uh, uh, they gotta say that was a pretty damn good. That signing. That was a great signing. Yeah. Okay. All right, we shall return and see what John Height has to say for himself. The Ride with Royce. Come on, join me in this fight against crap. <laughs> join me in the fight against crap. <laughs> That's right. On 1500 ESPN. John Height with a sports update. How about those Michigan Wolverines? No Can that kidding. John... Bi- bi- I can't, why can't I pronounce John Beeline. 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 Why can't... Can that guy coach or what? Oh, he's terrific. We're going to have a fellow from uh, Detroit on tomorrow to talk about John Beeline. Man, alive. They just took everybody <laughs> apart. Yep. You beat uh, Michigan State and Purdue back-to-back. That's pretty and, good. And Michigan was kind of a mess, too, when he took over, weren't they? Well, they oh, barely yeah. beat the Gophers. Yeah. Towards the end, oh, there. no, no, this no. year you mean no, but man, no, I'm, I'm talking about back when, when Beeline first hired. took the job. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. Uh, Patrick, you asked for the state hockey uh, uh, tournament uh, pairings. I got them for you here. Yes, good. Uh, Thursday's quarterfinals in two-way. Edina takes on Lakeville North in the first game of the day. Uh, Duluth East and St. Michael Albertville in the other day game. St. Michael Albertville, man. That is a booming burg out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Minnetonka will play Hill-Murray. That's the 6 o'clock game. Hill-Murray, this is uh, probably as low as rated to the Hill-Murray State Tournament team ever. They're an eight seed, and they were barely over 500. 13, 11, and 4 yeah. is our record. Uh, St. Thomas Academy in the United Cap takes on Centennial. I'm betting on the Vanellis to win the title. <laughs> the Vanellis. Uh, Class A. Quarterfinals, Matamidi, Mankato East Loyola. That's the morning game on Wednesday. Uh, then the early afternoon game, Orono takes on Litchfield, Dassel, Cocado. In the evening games, number one, Hermantown takes on Monticello at 6 o'clock. And the last game of the evening, Alexandria and Thief River Falls. Boy, I, Alexandria's a hockey powerhouse, man. I like Alexandria. I mean, it's a good town, but I always root for Thief River Falls because I love the nickname. Prowlers. Oh, Prowlers. That's Prowlers, beautiful. Thief River Falls. Best best nickname in the state. What else you got? Twins lose to the Phillies 4-3 to three this afternoon. Play Baltimore tomorrow. Uh, the Twins, and uh, this is according now to Jim Bowden of The Athletic, uh, the Twins and Byron Buxton have mutual interest in a contract extension. Mm-hmm. That's what he's reporting. The two sides, he says, have discussed a new pact. He hears uh, that, uh, although Mike Berardino of the Pioneer Press here tweets there's no traction yet on any kind of deal. And Doogie, our buddy, uh, said, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a quote from Doogie, no deal is close. Hey! 
Yeah. I want a scoop. Bowden is uh, known for his inaccuracies. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, by the way, Pat, I assume you were in attendance yesterday for the ball game against the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. You assume wrong. Oh, I was, I was out on the beach uh, with Linneman. Oh, that's right. Fish you did say that. Out, yes. I think it's safe to say that the old Anibal Sanchez experiment is coming to a crashing well, conclusion. It won't be the last time they run him out. He moment. was uh, awful. Yes, he had one great inning. Come on, mm-hmm. the other uh-huh. two were awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, he, he, you know, they got enough troubles trying to figure out what to do with Phil Hughes, uh, you know, to uh, have sand. But what the hell, they took a look and he'll, he'll, get, he'll get out there again. But if he gets hammered again, uh, it won't last too long. Wild have lost forward Luke Kunin for the rest of the season, suffering a torn ACL in that win over Detroit yesterday. He'll have surgery. Wild play Carolina at the Excel Energy Center tomorrow evening. One of the goalies from the gold medal winning women's hockey team is a local gal, Maddie Rooney from Andover. Had a yes. Great game in the championship round. Uh, she says she's finding that one game can have a big impact. Uh, she says she sees that because they've been doing autograph sessions and clinics. She was at one in Annapolis over the weekend, and ESPN was there. She says she notices thanks to one game and a handful of uh, saves, she's become the 20-year-old source of motivation for a generation of athletes, and she says she can't even really fathom that. She told that to ESPN. Uh, The 20-year-old goalie was instrumental in helping the Americans win gold for the first time in 20 years. She says it was a team effort, and it was, but her teammates point to her uh, approach as a key to their victory in the Olympics. Now, the fact your son and her are friends no, doesn't, had doesn't have anything to do with, to do with you uh, nothing. doing a 12-minute segment on uh, on her signing autographs. I still got a couple paragraphs here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Kenny's just over there shaking his head. Man. Yes, Rudy yes. was nine it's years old. It's always the same with John. It's either North Dakota or whatever crack town he lives in. <laughs> always the same. Rudy was nine years Hey, she's the goalie on the gold medal winning Olympic right. team. Come on. Yes. She was nine years old when she made the switch from a, a skater to goalie. She played with and against the boys' teams throughout youth and high school careers. This Again, is a long story, Jeff. I told you I had a couple more paragraphs, Chris. <laughs> uh, Rudy went on to play for the University of Minnesota Duluth after her days in Andover, where she starred for two seasons and where she helped make her case for the national team. Well, it it could be worse. It could be the rookie talking about the Nativity County Fair. (laughs) I would have rephrased that whole story and shortened it down to, she's a hell of an athlete despite being from Andover. (laughs) That that says it all right there. She's unbelievable, even though she's from Crackdown. All right. Traffic moving well out here on Six Mile Cypress. Uh, We'll check with Kenny, see how she's doing back in the Twin Cities. You're on the ride with Royce. Charmingly vulgar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. Late Hits. Uh, well, uh, we got all kinds of uh, stuff involving Minnesota. High school basket, I mean college basketball and hockey teams. Okay, in the in the Division Three hockey playoffs, Augsburg is the, representing the MIAC in men's hockey. They have a home game on Saturday against Marion, 
And uh, then if they win that one, they will advance and play St. Norbert's. That's Augsburg, the men's hockey champ of the playoffs. You know what? The jinx about being on the Ricey Show certainly does not apply to Natalie Darwitz. That's right. Hamlin wins the uh, women's uh, playoff in the MIAC. And uh, Hamlin has now advanced to the the national tournament. And uh, I made notes all over the page here. Where did I put the Hamlins? Come on, ladies. Hamlin has, uh, they're in the final eight, and they have a game coming up. Okay, check it out. Go to Hamlin. Go to my guy. Go to my guy, uh, Don, uh, David Wright, and he'll uh, go to his website, the Hamlin website, and you'll find out. Uh, Gustavus also, by the way, has advanced into the uh, women's uh, Division Three finals. Now, in in Division Three women's basketball, St. Thomas is going to play East Texas Baptist, and Gustavus is going to be playing Thomas Moore, and that's in Wartburg. Uh, the Tommies are in Wartburg and Gustavus is at Hope College in Michigan. So we got, and now in Division Two, men's basketball, mm-hmm. St. Cloud, Northern State, and of course, as usual, Minnesota State Mankato. Of course. They're all at Northwest Missouri in a eight-team regional and if you win, you go to the final eight there. But Northeast Missouri is the defending national champion, and uh, they are the home team and rated is, number one. Is uh, is this a pop-up season for St. Cloud, or have they had some success of, of, of late? No, they've been good in basketball. They've have they? Okay. Okay. And uh, in uh, but uh, not as good as Mankato has been. No, I mean, yeah, and in the women, in the women, Moorhead State, Northern State, and Augustana are representing the Northern Sun in Division Two. And uh, your Mankato hockey team will be hosting Michigan Tech in the semifinals of the WCHA. But there is a regional in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. That's where that that boy that. That's Sanford and that whole thing there. They have done a great job at getting uh, athletic events in there. So they have an NCAA uh, regional down there, four-teamer, uh, after the, you know, in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to to lead to the Frozen Four. What do you think of a Mankato, St. Cloud, oh uh, UMD, and the Gophers uh, regional? That would be pretty good, wouldn't it? And it would actually you know, get some butts in the would, seats, too. It would be... The Herbie, <laughs> it would be the Herbie if they'd done it right, right? Right. It would be. It would. Uh, it would fill the place. So. Uh, and had they taken your idea, that yes. tournament might have led to its extinction extinction later than it actually did, right? If they. Had, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no. I think the Herbie would have worked. I do too. I think because why do you think the Bean Pot works? Because it's the Bean Pot. If they called it the Greater Boston Hockey College Hockey Classic, nobody would ever went to a game. <laughs> no. But it's the Bean Pot. Yes. I went to the. Bean pot. You don't want to say I went to the Greater Boston College hockey tournament. You want to say I went to the Bean Pot. Yeah, you call your buddies. Go, hey, should we go uh, to the Herbie? Hey, you, yeah, you want to go to the Herbie? Yeah, or, or do you want to go to the Minnesota Collegiate Cup <laughs> tournament? You know, man, alive. I don't know. I I should have been a marketer. I should have been a marketer. That's uh, that is for damn sure. Uh, hey. By the way, here's a great story. Yes, sir. 
junior college basketball. Uh, Minnesota West, which is Worthington. When I was a kid, it was Worthington Junior College. Okay. Defeated, beat the living hell out of Anoka Ramsey, who's usually the favorite in it, 89-62, and they advanced to the next week's division, or in a couple of weeks, the Division Three National Tournament. Okay. Man- Worthington, Mankato, Minnesota West, Worthington, their coach resigned suddenly uh, late in the summer, the guy who had been their coach for quite a while. And then his longtime assistant was named the coach, and he quit after two days. What? And so they didn't get a new coach until school was starting, right? Mm-hmm. And their coach is a guy named Aaron Poorbear. He is a uh, he comes from Pine Ridge Reservation, uh, uh, you know, the one of the poorest reservations in the country. Grew up there, and uh, he became their coach this year. Kind of hired him. Nobody in Worthington knew of his, you know, knew about him, but he contacted Worthington, got the job. And they were eight and eighteen last year. This year they're going to the national tournament. This guy came in and uh, turned them around, and they uh, they are now going to the national tournament. Wow! The, the Blue Jays. They're still the Blue Jays. They were always the Blue Jays when I was a kid down there. But uh, but uh, fantastic uh, turnaround for them. That's for sure. And uh, anyway. Uh, those are our we, – we went local today with the uh, late hits. It is the a, other, despite the, the weather late, outside, though, it is a really fun time of the year for sports just because of all the things you just laid out. Yes, yes. This is the best time of the year for sports. And the late hits uh, also, uh, we should point out this. This Paul D. Young, uh, the shortstop oh, for the man. Cardinals, yeah. did you see this? Yes. He does not have a full year in the majors. He didn't get called up last year till May 28th. They gave him a six-year contract. For uh, twenty six million today, and uh, then there's also two options for the Cardinals in two thousand twenty four, two thousand twenty five, uh, that would make the contract fifty one million. This is the most supposedly with a guy with less than one year experience. But didn't Lingoria? I was just going to say it's the same contract. Get, yes, didn't he get paid before he'd ever played a game? Before right? he before he officially had a game yeah. play with the Rays, yes. they gave him a big deal because they just knew. That, that he was going to be special. And uh, now he's still, that was an eight or nine year contract, but they must have extended him somewhere in it, right? They did. Because I think they did it when he had now. two years, Longori okay. we're talking, he had yeah. two years left, and then the Rays gave him, I think, a 100 and some odd million dollar extension um, when he still had, when he had two years left of that initial uh, contract he had signed. And one other baseball note Did you see who the Phenom of Spring is playing for? The phenom, the phenom of, of spring. spring, at least here in Florida. I, I guess I missed it. He's Miguel Andujar. He's a right-handed hitting third baseman. Okay. He's hitting about two home runs every day, and he plays for the New York Yankees. Of course he does. <laughs> so now, if you're a lefty, if oh he happens God. to make the club, what, 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 so now what, what, if you're a lefty. What position is he? Is he an infielder? Third oh, baseman. Oh, third baseman, okay. And they let, uh, whatchamacallit, go. Frazier's right? now with the Mets, yes. And they, uh, yeah, and they, they traded Headley to the Padres. They let him go, and they traded Headley. So... I don't know what were the I don't know what their plan was for third base, but apparently they got another masher over there. God, uh, once again, now so now you got 
you got your Stanton, you mm-hmm. got your Judge, yep. you got your Sanchez, mm-hmm. and you might have this kid when mm-hmm. Hector Santiago faces them uh, four right-handed hitters in a row like that. So uh, that would be uh, something. What is the? You know what we should do this summer? We should do but whatever the the major league home run total is for a team for a mm-hmm. season. We need to keep track of the Yankees because they're going to obliterate whatever the record is, given the fact that they're going to play half of their games no. in that bandbox at Yankee Stadium. Now that kid could cool off and not make the team, but right now he's been ripping it up in spring training and uh, he's been getting more of the pump. By the way, uh, I was going to go. I was going to go watch the Yankees and the Red Sox Saturday. Yeah. Texted my uh, friend Pete Abram mm-hmm. from the Globe and said, uh, "Did they bring the big boys?" And his response was, <laughs> "No Stanton, no Judge, no Sanchez." And no Rice. My response was, "No Rice." And I'm going to fight that traffic to see nobody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's been worse than it's ever been down here this spring so far. Maybe because it started. Although so yesterday I saw that uh, they had a great crowd at the fort yesterday for the yeah, twins. Yeah, they did. They did, and they they had a big crowd for Toronto, and Toronto brought nobody. So the crowd's been a little better since it turned to March. That's for sure. All right, we'll be back. See what the daily complaints are. Hitching a ride with Royce. I think it's a waste of everybody's time. Oh, but it's so <laughs> far. You better, well, Yes, there's better things to do in life. On 1500 ESPN. Here is Manny Hill with his daily complaint. All right, guys. Canelo Alvarez. He is uh, yes. getting set for his uh, rematch with Triple G. That's supposed to be on uh, HBO pay-per-view on May 5th. Yes. Well, he has been, uh, he has tested positive for a banned oh, substance oh, called... No. Uh, clenbuterol. clenbuterol. Oh, that's the same stuff the Russians were taking. That's the same Maria Sharapova and, was uh, taking that. Uh, apparently, Canelo's camp is blaming suspect meat okay. for the positive clenbuterol test. Are we going to uh, cancel the fight? I don't know. That, a that, of, uh, even that, a lot of millions on the table. There. Yes, they would be. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that develops in the next I uh, think couple that's months. What, I fight. think that's what the Russians were all taking. Yep. Yeah, which we allegedly were going to throw them out of the Olympics, and then they all showed up anyway. So <laughs> what do you got there, Reavers? Uh, the Oscars last night, but most mm-hmm. notably, and this is bittersweet for me because I do generally like him, uh, Jimmy Kimmel um, with the, the hypocrisy throughout the Oscars is just so disgusting. It makes me want to vomit. But Jimmy going up there and preaching us all about equalness and, mm-hmm. and value in the Me Too movement, which is great. But Jimmy, you did claim your claim to fame as hosting a show in which you had girls jumping on trampolines yes. called the Juggies. So, so knock it off. That's the part that I, I tried watching the Oscars last night. I lasted about 20 minutes and told the wife, I'm going to go watch MLB Network. I ta- can't take this. That's, I not, uh, that's not Jimmy, by the way. They're right. I mean, that's probably, he's he's more than willing to do it. But, sure. Uh, they write stuff. Like I that. get it. But again, don't, pre- don't preach to me and then do it. They, I, that, that's the part that drives me nuts about Hollywood. That's my what, daily complaint. Uh, what were you going to say, Manny? I well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I only watched, I only ducked in and out of it for, I mean, I turned it on to catch actually Kobe winning, you know, and it wasn't even by design. I just happened to turn it on and Kobe won his Oscar and then I kind of ducked in and out of it until the rest of the, until the end of the show. But I, I'm, I'm not a big like award show type of 
guy. I don't like really watching the Oscars that much or the Grammys or anything like that. If there's somebody that I'm really intrigued to see if they win, like I was curious to see if like Get Out would win would win some awards and Jordan Peele got got uh for best original screenplay, I think it was for Get Out. So but other than that, it's like that. Can take it or leave it. All right. What's I your got, daily complaint? My, my one daily complaint is that uh, a, basically an adult version of Beauty and the Beast won the uh, <laughs> won the Academy yeah. Award. But be you know a, 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 a big carp ends up having sex with a woman and everybody's happy. Uh, but B B sell smartphones. They're the shaming quality of a smartphone when you're. When you accidentally hit updates. Oh, my God. That was two and, hours ago. And, well, all the crap they want you to do. <laughs> Why I are say smartphones no. so I, dumb? Here's the other thing. I said, no, I don't want to do this. But they keep, every time I turn it, every time, every 20 seconds, they're asking me if I want to do my fingerprint. I don't want to do it. Leave me alone. Stop calling and asking. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not going to do my fingerprint on a phone. What if I die? Nobody will be able to, you know, what are they going to drag my body over there so they can open the phone and stick my, <laughs> cut my finger off so you have to do it? Yeah, I hate, I hate them. They're not that smart. They're annoying phones. That's what they are. Tomorrow we'll do it again.